Well, hello there. Time again for the Florida Roundtable. I am Melissa Fox, and I've got an informative, action-packed show for you again this week. We'll be talking to Dr. Kenneth Alexander. He is Chief of Infectious Diseases at Newmore's Children's Health here in Florida. We'll be talking about the new COVID-19 booster, kids, and the influenza shot. Selfless Love Foundation will be talking adoption. And did you know the dating app Bumble also has a friendship finder? I didn't. We're going to find out about that. And breast density. What does that really mean, breast density? And how can screenings and such ah, miss stuff because of dense breasts? I guess we'll find out about that. And we're going to hear from a young gal whose blood cancer survival story is awesome. So you look forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. It's all coming up on this week's episode of the Florida Roundtable on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Becco's new line of dishwashers feature corner intents, the first sprayer that cleans all the way to the corners. Becco achieves this performance using 50% less water and 25% less energy than U.S. standards for dishwashers, which is why when you choose Becco, you not only get cleaner dishes, but you're making the planet cleaner too. Save energy and money with gift card rebates up to $200 on eligible models until December 31st. Visit Becco.com for more details. That's B-E-K-O.com. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. Call 800-925-1522. That's right. Annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800-925-1522. That's 800-925-1522. Sponsored by Annuity General, producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. Welcome back to the Florida Roundtable. Melissa Fox. And, you know, one of my favorite things is sushi, and I've learned a lot about it over the years. But more importantly, I want to have a go-to sushi guy. I want to know how it works, how you get here, and how you deal with the fact that Asian Americans aren't necessarily... Chinese or Japanese, but sushi seems to be American nowadays. And with me now, a very cool guy. He is the CEO of Sushi Maki, and that is Abe Ng. Hi, Abe. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Now, South Florida's award-winning go-to sushi restaurant. You have more than 20 locations down there? 
Yeah, that's right. All in South Florida. Uh, we, we have over 20 units here in the Tri-County area, Miami-based. So that's where our uh, our sweet spot is, uh, uh, Metro Miami. Now, Abe, you you are you are the epitome of the American dream, are you not? Well, yeah, no, I I actually like my new title as the go-to sushi guy for you, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely am a, a product. I'm a son of a of an immigrant, and was always reminded growing up by my father that uh, this is the greatest place to to live and grow up, and uh, America is the greatest country where. You know, dad came with $70 in his pocket and built an incredible empire himself. And he said that if you grow up poor in other countries, you're probably going to stay poor. This is the country that you can really make a jump, you know, from, from, from one level to the next in, in a single generation. And dad is kind of living epitome of that. So, Abe, sushi is supposedly Japanese, right? And you just said yeah. you're Chinese-American. How'd you make that transition? Well, uh, mom and dad are from, from Hong Kong, so we are ethnically Chinese. It's interesting you say that. We, we use that in our training, that sushi, you know, my generation, and one before probably in, in this country was considered Japanese food. But I think to, to next and newer generations, it's just food. Um, and, and the example we always give is pizza, right? Pizza is probably in, in its providence uh, Italian, but I think most people don't consider pizza to be, you know, Italian. They consider it American food. We got A Bing on here. He's my go-to sushi guy now. And with that, I want to say something that shocked a lot of you sushi lovers like myself. Salmon was not a staple. There's so much of our core go-to now in, in sushi, fruits uh, like mango, uh, cream cheese, that are you know, avocado, that are, are, are staples as ingredients, that to a purist in Japan is a little bit off-putting or maybe even offensive. And, and But, you know, you put pineapple on a pizza, people have very strong opinions. I do. I have that, strong right? opinions about that. Yeah, done below. Uh-uh. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know ketchup, on, ketchup on a hot dog. Oh, I like it on people eggs. by that, too. Yeah. yeah. People are offended <laughs> well, by yeah. a lot of things, Abe, a lot. So. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, I will tell you at Sushi Maki, our, our core ingredient, the rice, is a very classic and traditional Tokyo-based rice recipe. And we consider our, our, our sushi instructors to be messing. You know, teaching classics and and production from kind of one generation to the next. So we we don't deviate from uh, just, uh, you know, ingredients and, and techniques. Um, that we learned from our, our Japanese uh, sushi chef masters, uh, you know, several decades ago. Mm-hmm. But I think that's uh, the foundation that gives us a lot of integrity in, in, in the way we construct the nigiri sushi, the way we uh, do um, the uh, the sushi rice, which is so much of, of what you, you, you taste and feel and, and experience when you're eating sushi. Uh, in fact, I think 80% of the people that work in our company, you know, are, aren't born here. And English is maybe not their first language, you know, mostly Spanish speaking. But I think that's one of the things that makes our, our company special since, since we, we are uh, uh, still a, a founding family uh, run company that I can kind of walk up to one of our dishwashers and let them know that I am their child. You know, they, they come here, they work hard. Um, you know, I, I have had advantage of, of being educated in this country. And I think they see that. And that's one of the reasons why we, we've been able to retain our core team members into and through the pandemic. I just think if I were to encourage people that um, uh, the American dream is, is alive and, and well, I think it, 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 it kind of checks all the boxes, you know, this, this whole diversity and belonging initiative. And I, we look at it a little differently, you know, not just color of skin, language, or where you're from, but, but multi-generational. In our company, we've got five generations that are working closely together. You've got the greatest generation, baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, all working together. So we, we, we think that the, the dream of um, really making a jump from one level to the next doesn't really kind of start where you're from, but 
certainly just having that hope that your, your job can be more than just a paycheck, but really can be kind of defining and growing. And I, if I were to encourage people these days is be passionate and, and find an organization that aligns with kind of your uh, your medium and long-term goals. So. Cool. Abe, we'd love to have you come back again and talk more with us. Uh, this is Abe Ng, founder of Sushi Maki, South Florida. He's also the CEO, and he's going to be my go-to sushi guy. Thanks for joining us today on the Florida Roundtable. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Hey, Florida, we know you love getting out on the water, but do you know what to wear when you're out there on the water? A life jacket, of course, and whether you're fishing, skiing, sailing, or just cruising the water, there's a perfect life jacket designed for you and your activity. Always check the label to make sure your life jacket is U.S. Coast Guard approved. Then try it on to make sure it fits properly, and then wear it. Life jackets save lives. Visit wearitflorida.com to learn more. That's wearitflorida.com. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archie Bello, who seems to have only one speed, high. And pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster. So, of course, my body hurts and my joints ache, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Oh, Archie Bello! Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. As soon as this scene wraps, I'm going to kiss the ground, thank Archie Bello for his outstanding performance, feed him a carrot, and visit brainhealth.gov. Find out how you can make the most of your brain as you age at brainhealth.gov. It's the Florida Roundtable, and October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I'm telling you, I know this because most of my friends are going to get their girls squished, as they like to call it. But it's very important. There's a wealth of information out there about breast cancer, but it can be extremely helpful and overwhelming at the same time. You see, breast cancer is not a one-size-fits-all journey. So with that in mind, let's understand the risks of breast cancer with Dr. Robert Nussbaum. He's a medical geneticist and chief medical officer at Invite. How are you? Did I say that wrong? Invite? Invite? Invite. I d- okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. And, you know, like I said, my friends, my female and male friends, both are aware that breast cancer is pretty, pretty uh, white up there. I mean, it's not the number one killer of women, but it sure is up there. So can you tell us how we should assess our risks for breast cancer? Well, the three key issues really are, number one, your own personal history. Uh, There are certain groups and kinds of cancers which, when, uh, when occur, can indicate an increased risk for breast cancer. Second is your family history. And knowing your family history is very, very important. Who in your family has been affected with cancer and which cancers did they have? And then the third, of course, is genetic testing, which tells you whether you have a change in a gene that predisposes you, uh, significantly predisposes you 
to uh, risk of breast cancer and other cancers. Oh, okay. So what's this genetic testing you're talking about? And how effective is it in gathering the insights that we need that are necessary? Well, about one in eight women who have breast cancer actually have a genetic change in their hereditary material, the DNA, that is affecting a gene. And it is because that gene is defective that they are at a greatly increased risk for breast cancer. And the genetic testing involves extracting uh, hereditary material, the DNA, from either blood or saliva. And then uh, the a laboratory, like in Vitae, will run a spell check across those genes looking for misspellings that are responsible for making that gene defective, really making the gene not work properly. And that is really what causes this predisposition uh, to breast cancer, which can be as high as five or six times higher than the general population risk because you have a change in one of those genes. Now, my grandmother on my father's side did have breast cancer and had um, one of her breasts removed back in archaic mm -hmm. 60s when things were kind of kooky and they didn't do what they do nowadays with reconstructive surgery, et cetera. So does that mean since mm -hmm. uh, I'm the generation after that I might be more uh, more apt to be, because of my genetics, susceptible to breast cancer? I think that that's a perfectly good question to ask. The fact that your grandmother was connected to you through your father um, Th that can sometimes um, cloud the issue. People seem to have this myth that uh, a predisposition to breast cancer, a genetic predisposition, is only passed on by women, through women. And this is not the case at all. It can be passed on through a father or through a mother. In a man, it manifests itself as an increased risk for male breast cancer, and uh, even more strikingly, for prostate cancer and pancreatic cancer. So. Knowing your family history, not just your grandmother, but any brothers or sisters of her, any brothers and sisters of your father, uh, are really important to have all that information for your healthcare provider to look at and analyze. Wow. Okay, so that's good information and slightly scary for me, but as long as I take your advice and go and check into the genetic testing, I'd probably have an upper hand, wouldn't I? For sure, because you can be alerted to the fact that there's a greatly increased risk, and there's a lot you can do about it. There are interventions, there are preventive uh, methods, some of them are surgical, some of them are uh, having to do with surveillance, having increased imaging, different kinds of imaging, uh, not just mammography, but MRI scans. Uh, there are a, a lot of ways that one can work with that increased risk if it's found. But if you don't know it's there, then you don't know what to do. Agreed. So what advice do you have for someone like me or someone else out there who might be considering this genetic testing? What should I expect? Well, I think in, in terms of the genetic testing itself, it's very simple. You either give a blood sample or a saliva sample. They extract the material of the D, hereditary material of the DNA and they spell check it. But I think more importantly than that is first step is you talk to your health care provider. There are guidelines for who uh, should be recommended for having genetic testing. And those guidelines depend a lot on your personal and family history. So that all has to be obtained. If your healthcare provider doesn't feel comfortable uh, or, or um, knowledgeable enough about it, a referral to a genetic counselor, which can be done over the phone. Uh, it doesn't have to be in person, but it can also be in person. They can go over your information and help you decide. It's a mutual decision as to whether they have genetic testing done or not. Um, quick question, and we've been talking right now to Dr. Robert Nussbaum. He's the chief medical officer at Invitae, and uh, he 
is providing us an educational overview on breast cancer and genetic testing and how it can be very effective. Gives you the necessary insights. Again, I'm just rehashing what you've already told me, but uh, where can folks go for more information? This is so vital. You can go to our website, invitae.com. That's I-N-V-I-T-A-E.com and go to the patient area where there's all kinds of information about genetic testing how to obtain it, uh, uh, what it means. Uh, but I, I strongly recommend that one do this in conjunction with a trusted healthcare provider uh, or someone that your provider refers you to who's knowledgeable uh, and expert in this area. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. You really need to keep your doctor in the loop here if you're going to look into genetic testing, obviously, or at least Absolutely. look for a referral, right, Dr. Newsbaum? Yeah. Absolutely. And then when the report comes from the genetic test, the report will go to your doctor and to you. Perfect. Dr. Newsbaum, Dr. Robert Newsbaum, thank you so much for enlightening us. And Breast Cancer Awareness Month, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's the Florida Roundtable. And you know, the worst of COVID-19 may be over. The pandemic continues to shake the workplace, though, particularly older workers. In fact, a new AARP survey said that approximately one in four older workers who lost their jobs are struggling to get rehired. So, yeah, looking for a job, it's hard just about, isn't it? It's hard. It's not easy. But with that in mind, let's bring in Bill Rivera. Hey, Bill, how are you Hi. today? I'm great, Melissa. How are you? I'm perfect. Now, you're the senior vice president for litigation at uh, the AARP Foundation. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on, age discrimination. I mean, we're living longer. We're working longer. What are you seeing? Well, unfortunately, we know that age discrimination is alive and well. And, of course, age discrimination, just like any other form of discrimination, is wrong, and it's illegal in every state and at the federal level as well. But we see it too much. And we have an AARP survey recently showed that 62% of workers over 50 have seen or experienced age discrimination in the workplace recently. That's a phenomenally high number and something that really should be shocking but sadly, is not that surprising. No, unfortunately. Uh, and, you know, I know some of the older workers that you're talking about who are either never getting the phone call or being uh, not interviewed, perhaps, because of their age or experience, for that matter. Uh, and, and we see it all the time, but it's a challenge to, one, prove that it's happening to you. So uh, how do you, how, as an older person myself, how do we deal with the uh, discrimination that we are finding Absolutely. It is very frustrating and, as we said, all too common, and you can feel like there's not much you can do about it. But it's important to note some potential signs of age discrimination in your workplace or during the application process. And so, for example, at work, are you or are older colleagues being passed over for promotions or training opportunities in favor of younger workers? That can show that the company is investing in younger workers at the expense of older workers unfairly and could be a sign of age discrimination. Do you have an environment that seems to tolerate ageist comments or relies on negative stereotypes about aging, like, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, or referring to people as dinosaurs or fossils, or, of course, at 
the end of the day, if there are layoffs or if there is a corporate reorganization and all the people who are let go are older workers and the people who are retained or who replace them are younger workers, that could be another sign of age discrimination in the workplace. We're talking with Bill Rivera. He is the Senior Vice President of Litigation at AARP Foundation. And uh, we're talking about how older workers can recognize, first and foremost, and fight age discrimination, both in the hiring process as well as, like you just talked about, in the workplace. People are living longer, Bill. Um, and matter of fact, people over the age of 65 are actually the fastest growing segment of the workplace and yet we may be seeing lower salaries. We may be seeing some sort of discrimination where a younger person who's not as qualified might get. How do we prove that we've actually been discriminated against? Oh, it's certainly a challenge, but, you know, it's so important to have your radar up and paying attention for potential signs of age discrimination and then to document them. What did you hear? What did you see? Who else was there? When was it? You want to do all of that as close in time to the events that it happened so that you have a good record that can help you going forward. But sometimes you see this even at the application process from the get-go where the employer asks for date of birth or age or your high school graduation date or your college graduation date. Sixty percent of job seekers in AARP's survey of workers 50 and older were asked by an employer to provide age-related information during the application or interview process. Oh. There's no reason to be asking that information up front, if at all. Well, aren't those one of the, the key things you're not supposed to ask, uh, like transportation, uh, whether or not you're with child, and certainly your age? Because, so they're just finding ways around it, is what you're saying? There are some ways around it, and it's not necessarily unlawful to ask in every state. So it will vary from place to place. But it can certainly be evidence of age discrimination if you find that there are other things going on. I mean, things that you sometimes see also is not just people saying we obviously are only looking for people below a certain age, but you might see other limitations that have the same practical effect, something that says no more than seven years of experience, no matter how senior the job is. You know, obviously, that's not age-specific, but it's certainly going to have a disparate impact on workers that have much more experience. Or you might see a job ad that says, we're looking for a digital native or a recent college graduate. Again, not necessarily tied to the seniority or the responsibilities of a job. And that is either going to dissuade older applicants from applying in the first place or be used to not give you the interview or not have you go forward. Wow. I didn't even realize that was going on. Now, there is Absolutely. the Age Discrimination and Employment Act out there that does protect workers over the age of 40. But it's important that we all know our rights in the workplace. How can we find more information so that we avoid you know, this discrimination? Well, you can go to AARP.org slash age discrimination as well as AARPfoundation.org. Bill Rivera, Senior Vice President for Litigation at AARP Foundation. Thank you for sharing this information about workplace discrimination and how we Thank can you, avoid Martha. it. You've got it. You're listening to the Florida Roundtable on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. More coming up. And if you miss anything, check out our podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for the Florida Roundtable. 
Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Kronk witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result, more confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You wanna learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org, where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as the Sparkle Effect. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late. We stay informed. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion, or your race, or because you have children, or a disability. It's so wrong. Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, File a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it. Fair housing is your right. Use it. To learn more, visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call 1-800-669-9777. 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. 
It's the Florida Roundtable. I am Melissa Fox, and facing cancer at any age is devastating, but a diagnosis for young adults between the ages of 18 and 39 comes with a unique set of challenges and considerations. Here's a story for you. Shortly after moving to a new city to pursue new adventures, Dialetta Rulian Peña learned that she had Hodgkin's lymphoma. That's a type of blood cancer. She was only 36 years old, still had so many dreams to fulfill. Now this diagnosis, it can be devastating. Dianette shares her story of hope, faith, and positive mantras, inspiring her 90-day fight into remission. With that in mind, let's let her tell her story. My name is Delianette Ruyan Peña, and I'm here to tell my story. When I was first diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer, uh, I was actually planning on moving to a new city uh, to pursue an acting career. I've done my fair share of background roles and wanted to do more. Uh, my last background role film that I did was West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg back in 2019. Uh, and being on that set, I knew I wanted to do more and move to a new city uh, with more opportunities. But unfortunately, in 2021, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer at the age of 36, a blood cancer that affects the white blood cells. Now, when I heard the word cancer, I didn't react like most would think. I didn't cry, I didn't say, why me? I just knew that I had faith in God and I was gonna get through it. Uh, my doctors did tell me that this was a curable disease and that chemotherapy was the next step. Now, chemotherapy is never easy. I went through nausea, headaches, weight loss, hair loss, but I got through it. And within three months, I was in remission. But unfortunately, in the month of March of this year, I had a relapse, which means that cancer came back. And I was in complete shock, but I relied on my faith and got through it. I am now in remission and grateful, grateful for the support of my family, my friends, and uh, my church leaders. A support system is truly important during these times. I came across the Leukemia Lymphoma Society through social media, Instagram to be exact. I was actually going through and doing my own research about my diagnosis and came across their amazing free resources. And one of the free resources that I love is uh, the online weekly chats. And in these chats, you can talk about anything, fashion, food, family, business, and you can talk about your diagnosis as well. But we are more than our diagnosis, right? And so this is a safe place to go and where people don't feel alone. They also have support groups. Now, these support groups are in person for those that want to mingle, want to be around people, and they feel much more comfortable being around people. They have that resource as well. They can also call the number, the 1-800-955-4572. Uh, they can talk to an information specialist as well, and they can communicate in 350 languages, and they can also go to the website, lls.org. Thank you so much, Diana, for sharing your story. You know, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is awesome. They do such good services for young people. They help them navigate their blood cancer diagnosis right into survivorship. If you want more information, it's pretty simple. Call 800-955-4572 to talk to an information specialist or go to lls.org. It's the Florida Roundtable, and October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and 
We're here today to talk about what women need to know about breast density. You know you're at a higher risk for breast cancer, right? You didn't know that? Well, breast screening is very important. So with that in mind, Dr. David Schacht is with us. From the, He's a breast radiologist at Northwestern's Lynn Sage Breast Center. That's at Preston Women's Hospital. Hey, Dr. Schacht, welcome. How are you? Hi, Melissa. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's always a pleasure talking to you and talking about boobies. Uh, I mean, honestly, you know, what kind of a, a person would I be if I didn't at least talk about breast cancer awareness in the month of October? A lot of women, we schedule our normal, uh, you know, annual mammograms because of a spotlight on breast cancer and breast cancer and breast health and all that stuff. But I want to talk a little bit about uh, the breast cancer risk and how we can prevent it. Yeah, no, it's a, a very important topic, and I think especially in October where sort of the national awareness is quite high, it's a great time to really get messages out there about the importance of getting an annual mammogram and the importance um, of uh, mammographic breast density, um, really both as a risk factor for breast cancer and as just a factor that makes it more difficult for us as the breast radiologists to detect some cancers in folks who do have high breast density. And really that's the message we're trying to get out and and to help people understand that um, additional, what we call supplemental screening with other types of breast imaging uh, may be beneficial for some patients. Yeah. Now I know a lot of gals who refer to themselves as uh, as corn fed. I think we talked about this before where they just have really large, dense breasts. And when they're that big or that dense, if you will, that hides a lot of problems, can't it? A mask, maybe a potential tumors or cancers? We do talk about the term um, masking in women that high, have high uh, breast density, but, um, you know, I, w- I would um, want women to understand that um, thinking about breast density is, is really in the context that, that we look at it as the imagers only known when patients have had a mammogram. Um, if If patients have breasts of a certain size or if uh, the patient's breasts on a self-exam feel lumpy-bumpy or even lumpy-bumpy on a a physical exam done by a doctor, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have what's called mammographically breast-dense breasts, uh, excuse me, which can only really be defined on a mammogram. Ah, I see. So just because they're big doesn't necessarily mean that they are dense. Um, So that explains breast density a little bit to me. And obviously, the denser that the material is, the harder it is to get a spotlight on it and, you know, see what's going on. Is that correct? Yeah, that that is true. Uh, Some studies have shown that in the sort of highest density category, as as many as 40% of cancers might not be seen, but I think it's also critical to me that women understand that across all the different breast densities, the best medical studies, which are called randomized controlled trials, have shown that mammograms save lives. So step one, regardless of your breast density at this point, is really to get that mammogram and then start learning about your breast density and see if anything else might make sense for you as an individual patient. Look at us fleshing this out, uh, you know, what I'm saying. We're talking to Dr. David Schacht, and he's a breast radiologist at Northwestern's Lynn Sage Breast Center. Obviously, October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and many women, as we said before, schedule these mammograms because of the spotlight. 
But what happens if a mammogram identifies that you have dense breast tissue? Well, nearly half of the women over the age of 40 have mammograms, and apparently doctors are told that they have dense breasts. So what does that mean if they have heard this diagnosis after a mammogram? What's next? Yeah, so um, regarding breast density, it's, it's something that normally occurs in, in up to half of the population. So in and of itself, uh, high breast density is not necessarily a diagnosis. Um, okay. it, it's more thought of as a risk factor based on some studies and as a factor that uh, might make it harder for the detection of breast cancer to be seen on a mammographic study. Got it. So really, the, when patients... Sorry. sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so if, if you present that way and the mammogram really isn't getting uh, to the problem or being able to see properly, then what do we do? Is there a different option for these women? Yeah, exa- exactly. That's ah. exactly right. Really, um, that's when you can start thinking about other tests such as a breast MRI or a breast ultrasound, that really um, it's worth discussing with your regular doctor um, what they think might be the best additional test, if any, for you to have as an individual patient. Uh, supplemental imaging, they call that, I suppose. Now, where can, Correct. Yep. What, where can our listeners, uh, women in particular, go to find more information about the higher risks of breast cancer if they have dense breasts and why screening is so important, Dr. Yeah, there are great resources out of there, and I'd suggest um, in particular one website that folks could check out, um, and that's the website densebreastresources.com, and that'll give folks more information about breast density and some uh, information about talking to their healthcare providers about their breast density. Now, Dr. Schacht, I'm sure that my listeners and you realize that I, too, wasn't exactly up to speed on what breast density was or how it, uh, you know, can um, be an issue when you've got mammograms. And <laughs> so look at that. You're teaching everybody. You're even teaching the host of the show. Very nice. Very nice. Glad, glad to do so. And we're certainly um, glad the word is getting out about this important topic. And again, folks, if you want to go and check out what uh, Dr. Schacht and I have been talking about, you can go to densebreastresources.com. Uh, I got to thank you so much for bringing this to our attention, regardless of whether it is October and it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Every month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month in my book. Right, Doc? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you for coming back on, and we'll have another talk another time. You are listening to the Florida Roundtable on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. We'll be right back. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. 
Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. I love the ocean. Me? I love a slow, winding river. I love the lake. Slick as glass. But nothing compares to what you love inside the boat. My family. My child. My best friend from first grade. If you're behind the wheel of a boat, pay attention. That way your favorite water will always be safe water. Learn more about boating safety at myfwc.com. Brought to you by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. October is National Pedestrian Safety Month and a time to remind everyone that pedestrian safety is a shared responsibility. Pedestrians, walk on sidewalks, or if a sidewalk isn't available, walk facing traffic. Watch for cars exiting driveways or backing up in parking lots, and remain visible at all times. Motorists, failing to yield to pedestrians in crosswalks could result in a citation and points on your driver's license. Remember, pedestrian safety is a two-way street. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. Alrighty, sounds good. Yeah, it does sound good. Hey, as we approach the holidays and start planning Friendsgiving dinners, it's the perfect time to meet some great new people and build lasting friendships. But making new friends as an adult, it can really be challenging. And and with people working remotely or socializing and meeting new people, it's kind of difficult to do that organically, isn't it? Joining us now with some advice on meeting new people and making connections, friendship expert at Bumble BFF, Danielle Byer-Jackson. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. This is such an important conversation, so, so I'm happy to be here. It really is. I've had this conversation amongst my friends as to how do we, uh, you know, broaden the group a little bit or even make new friends. So what advice would you have for someone who's actually looking to branch out and meet people and socialize yeah well for adults who are trying to make friends one of the biggest barriers i hear them cite is the challenge of time simply not having enough time and we're trying to to do all the things with kids and work but you know there's research that shows that one key ingredient of the friend making process is repeated exposure which says to me that we have to be intentional about putting you know, time with friends on the calendar because friendship is such a critical part of our overall health. So we've got to prioritize it. And a second tip that I like to give people is to have the courage to initiate. There's a concept known as the liking gap. And the idea is that we tend to greatly underestimate just how much other people like us in that first interaction. And so hopefully that also gives us the, confident we, the confidence we need to, to really put ourselves out there. And then, you know, finally, you know, once you kind of get to know someone to to open up and be vulnerable, there's something known as the beautiful mess effect, which shows that we tend to like people more after they've been vulnerable with us. So these are all things as an adult making friends, we tend to kind of sit on and, and we're not confident in. But if we, we apply those three strategies, I think we'll position ourselves to invite some new connections into our lives. Sure sounds like it. We're talking to Danielle Byer-Jackson. Now, you are the friendship expert for Bumble BFF. Uh, what is that? What is this app? Talk to me about it. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people 
people know Bumble as a dating app, which it is, but I don't think people realize all the things that you can do with this app. And so when it comes to making friends, you can download Bumble, which you can download and it's available anywhere you download apps, and you can turn off dating mode, and then you can activate the friend-making mode. That way it makes it clear from the beginning that you're there for platonic connections. And um, Bumble has kind of designed things in such a way that you can use certain features to make sure you're connected with people who are actually compatible to you and who live in your area. And so there are a couple things you can do to optimize your profile. I get three tips I think that are, are really helpful. You know, the first is to upload about four images so people can see a range of your personality and interests. And the second thing you want to do is to respond to as many of the prompting questions as you can, as specifically as you can, so that you can be memorable to members on the other side and they can gauge whether or not they, they can relate to you. And then finally, you want to make use of what's my favorite feature, which is profile badges. And this allows you to signal your values and lifestyle choices, such as you know the exercise badge or the zodiac sign badge. And a third of uh, members use the new to the area badge oh. to show that they want to get out there and, and explore the city with somebody who's compatible to them. So we're talking uh, again to Danielle Byer-Jackson, and she is helping us to make new friends. As adults, it's really kind of difficult to get out there. She's already told us time is one of the biggest problems uh, in maintaining a friendship or relationship. We have to actually make time for this. And it's so beneficial, though. I mean, talk about the serotonin and dopamine release that you get. But when the impacts of friendship, like I say, it, it definitely helps our happiness and well-being, correct? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think a lot of us, when we, when we picture, we get an image of hanging out with friends, we think of, you know, grabbing cocktails or going to brunch, and that's all, you know, really good to, to making us feel joy. But it's so much deeper than that. I mean, there are mountains of research that show a direct line between having healthy friendships and your physical, mental, and emotional health. And so, you know, people who have a strong social support network, they are living longer than those who don't. They're reporting being uh, happier and more satisfied with their lives than those who don't. And there's even research that I really like from 2020 that suggests that having someone to talk to might be the number one preventer of depression. And so every way you look at it, friendship is just such a critical component to stay well. And I think as soon as we kind of wrap our minds around that, um, um, we can have more fulfilling connections. Uh, one thing I think is interesting too is, you know, you have 90% of women specifically who are saying that, you know, their friends are like their family. And so it shows that we've really elevated these kinds of relationships to being top tier. Now, a lot of my listeners, God bless them, are older. Some of them are shut in. And when we talk about isolation and not having friends, I think about them. But then I also think that some people may not be as technical and may not be able to get that Bumble app. Could, is, there, is it easy enough for them to work so that they, too, can find some friends for the older generations? so because it's so user-friendly just in general. So the same way you download any app to your device, you would download Bumble, and it kind of walks you through next steps. And so you you kind of have that guide to show you exactly what to do. And navigating it is, is seriously so simple. I mean, you're just swiping. You're swiping literally from left to right or right to left on your device to signal people you're interested in and not interested in. And when you're a match, it lets you know. And then you can message back and forth the way you would on other platforms.
platforms. And so in my opinion, it's relatively, you know, user friendly and it helps you to connect with people who are who are close by that you can communicate with. See, there you go. So there should be no age restriction for you folks. So I'm too old for that. We all need friends. And as Daniel Happiness happens to make us live longer. The facts are there. It's proof. So with that in mind, I want you to go for more information to where, Danielle? Where do we send them? You can find more friend-making tips and, and learn more about the app itself at bumble.com slash BFF. Bumble.com slash BFF. This has been enlightening. I mean, I didn't know that, honestly, I know about Bumble, but I didn't know that there was a BFF program or that you could turn off the dating part. So enlightening. Thank you, Danielle Byer Jackson. Uh, she is a friendship expert for Bumble BFF, and now she's my friend. And thanks for joining us today on the Roundtable. So glad to connect with you. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back. It's the Florida Roundtable. You're listening to the Florida Roundtable. Selfless Love Foundation believes every child deserves a family, and there are more than 800 children in Florida and over 100,000 children across the country in foster care waiting to be adopted. Selfless Love Foundation is committed to finding forever families for these children. November is National Adoption Month. Now, Selfless Love Foundation is launching the One Heart, One Home Change a Life Forever campaign statewide. They're trying to raise awareness about the urgent need for adoptive families, especially for children over the age of eight, sibling groups, and children with mental health and medical needs. The campaign aims to encourage individuals and couples to open their hearts and homes to adoption to change the life of a child in foster care. Ashley Brown, founder and CEO of Selfless Love Foundation, says... She was adopted, and they gave her a second chance, and now her life's work is to help other children experience that gift, saying there are families here in Florida who want children and children who need homes. Let's connect them. We want to make these forever families. Selfless Love Foundation has helped more than 350 foster children get adopted and connected more than 800 children with adopted families. Throughout the month of November, Selfless Love Foundation is going to lead child welfare agencies across the state of Florida in the campaign, which will share statistics and benefits about adopting from foster care, dismiss myths about the requirements, and guide families on how to begin their adoption journey. National Adoption Month dates back to 1976, when Massachusetts Governor Mike Dukakis announced the first Adoption Week. The idea grew with President Ronald Reagan proclaiming the first National Adoption Week in 1984. And in 1995, under President Bill Clinton, the week was expanded to the entire month of November. To learn more about National Adoption Month or to begin your adoption journey, please visit selflesslovefoundation.org. More Florida Roundtable right around the corner. You're listening to the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. Heart valve disease is more common than you or your doctor may think, especially as you get older. It's serious but treatable with a proper diagnosis. If you or a loved one are experiencing shortness of breath, fatigue, chest tightness or pressure, dizziness or fainting, talk to your doctor and ask for an echocardiogram to get diagnosed early and enjoy your best quality of life. Learn more at askforecho.com. That's ask the number 4 echo.com. You don't hear much about grace these days, quite the opposite in fact. 
We live in a cancel culture that is quick to cancel people out when they make a mistake. Our world needs the message of grace now more than ever before. So what is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. It's receiving something we don't deserve. And that's what God gives to us through faith in Jesus Christ. Every single one of us deserves God's judgment for we all sin. The good news though, God doesn't cancel us out. Instead, the Bible says he canceled out our sins by nailing them to the cross. That's what makes grace so amazing. And how do we receive this amazing grace? First, admit we don't deserve his love. Then we pray for his forgiveness. Then ask Jesus to take control of our heart and lives. Grace is his gift to us. It really is amazing. This is Bryant Wright, experiencing his grace every day, speaking right from my heart. For devotions, visit rightfromtheheart.org. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 802 Shortness of breath, patients confused, temp 102. He just had an infection. What's going on? It's becoming septic. Antibiotics started. Bed ready, let's move him. Infections can lead to a deadly chain reaction in your body called sepsis. Very quickly, sepsis can cause tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. If you know the risks, can spot the symptoms, and act fast, then you can get ahead of sepsis. Learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable, a news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station's management, ownership, or sponsors. For questions or comments, write to Florida Roundtable at fnnonline.net.